Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. Prepare to be transformed by God's undiluted word. I actually begin today um, something that I would do over the next four to five weeks. I'm speaking about some truth that we should know about different things. So on each of those different things, there will be five truths that I want to bring us. So this morning I'll speak about five truths about your material needs. Next Sunday, I'll speak about five truths about your health. The Sunday after that, the last Sunday of March, I'll speak about, again, five truths about sin. Then I will be, I'll be away to Nigeria for a few weeks. And then after the convention, I'll come back and continue that, speak about five truths as well about prayer, about New Testament prayer. And I'm going somewhere with all of those things as things that we must make sure we properly understand. And I'm trying to sort of crystallize my thoughts on each of them into five things that we should know. So it's going to be the five things series. I begin this morning speaking about those, the truth when it comes to your material need. And even though it's five things I'm talking about, sometimes you might find that it is six. (laughs) But most of this morning I will spend in Matthew chapter 6, speaking about five truths that you should know about your material need. Material needs in our lives. You'll find most of the time we're in Matthew chapter 6, Because I find that there, God really helps the New Testament Christian to have the balanced view when it comes to our material needs. And I'll bring us some of these thoughts, things, the truth that you should know. So I'll go straight to it. Number one, because I want to very quickly get through it. And if we have the grace for it, at the end of my discussion this morning, we will spend time to pray and break the hold of poverty. Poverty is not a physical concept. Poverty is a spiritual thing. And we we will spend some time to break it. Poverty many times, maybe I can say this up front, there are many people who have a big bank balance but are very poor people. So, we, we will get to understand that. Number one, things, number one truth that you should know about your material needs, they must never be allowed to have your heart. I want to teach you some things. I want you to open your ears very, very wide and make sure you ask yourself, how am I hearing these things today? And let the Holy Spirit himself teach you. And you will get some things this morning. And the devil can't take it away from you forever again. And this will be settled as far as your material need in your life is concerned forever. Amen. Thank you for that. I said number one is your material needs must never be allowed to have your heart. 
What do I mean by them? Having your heart is when they become your why. If you want to write notes, you're writing those things down. I'll read them to you. The material needs have your heart when they drive your decisions. The decisions you make, what you do, what you don't do, what you spend your time on, what you don't spend your time on, and all that, when when they become driven not by what your passion is, not by what your purpose in life is, but driven by I have a need. That's the point where those things have your heart. I'll say to you this morning, I have needs, but my needs don't have me. And that's where I want to take us to. Where you do have needs, but those needs don't have you. That's why they don't have your heart. That place that I'm trying to take us to is where you redefine what constitutes your treasure. What really makes up my treasure as a person. Because every one of us here, we we do have things. As we walk and do all of that, as we grow, we acquire things. And we make the mistake many times to think those things form our treasure. And as long as those things form our treasure, we'll read a scripture in a moment that will show you that if they form your treasure, they will have your heart. Matthew chapter 6, I said that's how we're going to be. Let's read in verse 19, verse 20, verse 21. May God teach you this morning as I walk through this. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, verse 20, verse 21. Jesus himself was speaking here. He said, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt. And where thieves break through and steal. He says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust can corrupt. Where thieves do not break through or steal. He says, for where, listen to verse 21 very quickly. For where your treasure is, there will what be as well? Talk to me, everybody. Your heart. As I read this scripture, I said to myself, anything that somebody can come and steal from me, anything that can be consumed or corrupted, that can rust away, does not qualify as my treasure. If any human can take it away, if it can become old-fashioned, if it can become outdated, if it can aspire, if it is in this realm, it is not my treasure. And as long as I can define things that way, nothing here has my heart. If you understand that, can you give me an amen? Amen. Let me say a couple of things there. We're not made, we human beings, the way God made us, we're not made to be looking for things. That's not what we were made for. 
We're not made to, to live our lives. And all I've done with my life is I've, I've gone. I mean, think about it. What do we do? We give back to our children. We send them to school. Why do we send them to school? Um, so that they're educated. Um, and then they finish the education. They then go and get a job. And then they get a job and they begin to do the job. And all that is going on there or they begin a business or whatever they do is we're working for things. We're looking for things. And the man lives and lives and becomes 40, becomes 50, becomes 60. And he looks at his life and all he has been doing is looking for things. And I'm saying to us this morning, no, God did not make us to look for things. Think about, Ab about Adam in the garden. This is how the Lord taught me this. He said, did you notice that when I put Adam in the garden, his job was not to create the garden. The garden was created by me, God was saying, and I put him there to be an administrator of what I put there. It was not Adam's job to ensure that trees were there or things were there. No, God put that there and God put him there in, in the course of his worshiping the Lord, his side job is to tender the garden. And that has always been God's idea about humanity as well. If my life, if my heart, if all my decisions, all of what I'm doing is, is just for things I am living wrong. No matter how successful it looks like I may be at it, I am living wrong. Am I speaking to the church this morning? A Christian, for example, a lot of us here this morning are immigrants. So a Christian, for example, you are a child of God, you are a Christian, and you live in Europe today, and in your mind you think you are an economic migrant. And you think to yourself, I have escaped the poverty of my home country, and so the reason I am here is to do well financially, better than I could have done at home. You're living wrong. That can be the essence of your life. If you're in Europe today and you're a child of God, I put it to you that you are a missionary. Am I talking to somebody still this morning? In the midst of your needs, your input to the kingdom must remain your treasure. That's the one that moth and wrath cannot corrupt. Thieves cannot break in and steal from you. I'm sure you will see right there that when God looks at us many times, we're living in our silver and gold, we're enjoying, we have our nice cars, our nice houses, we have our things, we, we love it. We, we're doing, I was speaking to us a few weeks ago and I said, our generation, we, we're, we're generally better than our parents. Most people here this morning, you are more financially viable than your parents. And so we're, we're, we're doing well, we're, but God looks at us and he sees how poor we are. Because real treasure is what moth and rot cannot corrupt, what thieves cannot break in and steal away. So I'm saying to us this morning, there will be needs, and I'm going to, it's going to be one of my main points, but they must never be allowed to have your heart. Number two. God knows about every need. I don't know about you, but that really blesses me. When you, when you have a problem, for example, and there is somebody who can solve the problem and you're trying to wonder, and then you find out that he already knows about it. 
<laughs> the second truth that I want you to understand about any material need that arises in your life in this physical realm is that God knows about it. Matthew chapter 6 is where we are. Look at verse 32. Verse 32, and then we'll go back and look at verse 8. And then it make us suddenly see the, the relative relationship between you and things, you and your needs. And you suddenly see that actually God didn't intend that we are the ones running and our thought, our mind is about, oh, how will I do this? No, that's his job. Matthew 6, verse 32, he said, For after all these things do the Gentiles seek these things. That's what we're talking about this morning, these things, these material needs. He says, for your heavenly father does what? Talk to me, everybody. Does what? He knoweth that you have need of all these things. He says, God says, I know. Flip back to verse 8. We're still in Matthew chapter 6, verse 8. It says, be ye not therefore like unto them. Can you look at your neighbor for me this morning? Say to your neighbor, don't be like them. That's the problem we've had. We are like them. We're like them who have no father. We're like them who have no hope. So you find yourself in Berlin and you think, oh man, I'm, I'm here to hustle. We're hustling, we're hustling. To where? So God said to them here, he said, don't be like unto them. Why would I be like them? Because you have a father. He says, for your father knows what things. Everybody say with me this morning, things. This is our spiritual father, but he's talking about material things. He says, God said, for your father knows what things you have need of before. You ask of him. Everybody said with me this morning, he knows. May God minister that to your spirit in the name of Jesus. Remember, I think it was a few weeks ago we were talking about the soldier from Second Timothy. How many people remember that story very well? And one of the things we said about the soldier is the Bible says that the soldier does not entangle himself with civilian affairs. Let's go there and just read it. 2 Timothy 2 verse 4. Turn your Bible and say, let's read it. Let's read it. 2 Timothy 2 verse 4. I'm talking about the fact that God knows that you have those needs. And God is saying, that's my job. But the problem with most of us many times is we've never been able to come to that place where we leave his job for him. I'm trying to bring out some of these things that God has helped me to see when it comes to material needs. Second Timothy 2 verse 4, the Bible says, No man that is at war entangles himself with the affairs of this life because he's a soldier of a kingdom. It says the reason he does not mess up with civilian affairs is so that it may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. I wrote down in my note, it displeases my commanding officer when I think it's my job to meet my needs. Did you hear me say that? It displeases my commanding officer when I think it's my job while I am at war fighting for him. While I am living a life of purpose and I'm finding my satisfaction in my purpose, it displeases my commanding officer 
when I think it's my job to meet my needs. I hope you get that. Things we must understand when it comes to our material needs. Number three, this one you may disagree with me. But if you disagree with me, it's okay. Just write it down in red and say, I disagree. And put today's date. A day will come <laughs> when you will come to agree. And then you come back there. Number three is this. Needs should never end. Needs should never end. What I mean by that is you should never come to a place where you don't have needs anymore. It is actually not God's intention to bring you to a place where you don't have any needs anymore. I tell you, that's a bad place to be. The place where you have no needs anymore is a place where there is no stretch anymore. Stretch refers to vision. That is, there is still something I'm reaching out for. If I get, ever get to a place where stretch is fully gone, then you're ready to die. There must always be still this thing in front. So what am I talking about this morning? I'm saying the way God planned our lives is very quickly you put behind you the mundane requirements of living here. I'm not sure if it's everybody that can flow with me on this one. Very quickly, you put behind you the mundane requirements of living here. What are the mundane requirements of living here? What shall I eat? What shall I, um, what shall I live? Which clothes shall I put on? Those are the mundane requirements of existence here on earth. And as long as that is the level where my needs are, I have not started to live. So God's intention is, let's put those ones behind us very quickly, and now we begin to dream and have needs that are beyond those mundane requirements of existence here. Such that I will never get to a place where um, my, my vision, my dream, the things I want to do with my life are bigger than the resources I have. I will never come out of that place is what I'm saying. The dreams, the, the, the bigger the resources get, the bigger the dreams must get. Such that there is always that stretch, that vision, that looking to God. One of the reasons God does that for us is God doesn't ever want you to get to a place in your life where you look around and say, I don't even really need God anymore for anything. That's the place where that young man got to that the Bible calls, that we call the rich young ruler. Because he came to a place and in his mind, he can't think beyond feeding himself, clothing himself, housing himself. And so he looks around him, and there is enough to do that for the rest of his life, he thinks. So he says to himself, so relax, because everything is done for. That man came to that point where he looks around him, there are no needs anymore. May you never get there in your life in the name of Jesus. Do you get what I'm talking about this morning? I want us to understand that when it comes to needs. You know what Jesus said still in Matthew chapter 6? In verse 11, as he was teaching them about the Lord's Prayer, what we call the Lord's Prayer, do you see what he said in verse 11? Sorry. I'm used to something there. Why did Jesus make a statement like that? I, I, I would have loved him to say, we pray a prayer that says, God, give me 
give me in this my life, my life's bread. That's not what he said. He said, give me this day my daily bread, meaning I'm coming back tomorrow. He, he, he wants to ensure that you need to come back tomorrow. That you never get to a place where you are catered for, you don't need him anymore. If you get to that point, it gives you another dream that you can't afford. When we cross, I, I was listening to somebody saying, and they, you, know, you know how it is when you spend a lot of time, like for example, as a church right now, we're believing God for a place of our own. So you spend a lot of time maybe on something. You're believing God, you're working on it. And then the day it is done, I don't know if you've ever been there. There is usually this feeling of, okay, and, and, and then what next? Have you ever been there before? That's because things, things will never be able to satisfy. What actually drives a man is unfulfilled dreams. That's what keeps a man alive. Things that are in front of you that you don't know how to do, you don't have the resources to do them. That's what gets a man out of bed in the morning. And if the devil wants to kill you early, it brings you to a place where there is none of such in your life. Your rent is paid or your mortgage, or whatever it is. Your shoes are paid for. You have a car. Watch out with those kind of things. That's your car that you've bought, and, you say, and it's looking very, very nice. Give it six years. If it's out of date, moth and wrath would have corrupted it. I'm serious about that now. I think I've told you this story before. I used to have a neighbor who they bought this very big Mercedes-Benz. Nice, Mercedes Benz. They used to call it Shagari those days in Nigeria. How many people remember that? This huge thing. S class. So they bought it and it was very nice. Very expensive, very nice. And so, so they, they, they put it in front of their house and they bought a very big tarpaulin and they put on it. And they, they really used it. Only on very, very, very special occasions. Then they will bring it, then they will clean it, and then they will drive it. By the time I knew them, I knew that it was always under. Finally, finally, by the time they woke up and removed the cover from it, it was no longer in town. Nobody even wants to buy it. It's useless. It's too big. It's, it's no longer fine. Are you listening to me this morning? So those things are things to just touch and go. They can't be our lives. Let's deal with all of those ones very quickly. Put them behind and then begin to look forward to things that are bigger than us so there will always be needs in our lives. Give us this day our daily bread. I said to you this morning, as you have more, you give more and then you give birth to more vision. That's what you do. In case somebody here says, Pastor, I have too much. I don't know what to do. Anybody like that here this morning? Nobody. Nobody that says, I... My, in fact, my accounts, they are calling me to come and do something to it. <laughs> There's nobody. Okay, just in case there is somebody who is shy and doesn't want to raise their hand, what you do when you get to that place is, one, you give more, and then you give birth to a vision bigger than your account. <laughs> That's what you do. So that you never reach a point of independence. Number four, I'm trying to... Make us see this morning, put material needs in their proper place. Understand how we're dealing with them. God knows I need those things. Number four, it's a statement from scripture. Contentment is great gain. 
<laughs> contentment. I'm trying to explain what contentment is. Contentment is great gain. First Timothy chapter 6, turn your Bibles there. Let's, let's read. I really want to read from verse 6, which is where that statement is coming from. But I'll take it from the last part of verse 5. Contentment. Contentment is great gain. First Timothy chapter 6, the last part of verse 5, the Bible says that at these people, they suppose, they're supposing that gain is godliness. What that means is that these people that think that um, the result, the goal of knowing God and coming close to God is for him to bless us. That's exactly what that statement means there. When he says they suppose that gain is godliness, if you read in a lot of other translations, you'll get a view of it. He's saying these people, they think that, okay, let's go to God. Let's serve God. Let's go and worship God so that he will bless us. That's their philosophy. That's their orientation. You know what the Bible says about such people? It says from such people, withdraw yourself. The only problem is if that such people is you yourself, <laughs> how do you withdraw from yourself? It says these people suppose that the, the reason for godliness, for coming close to God, is gain. That, that, that's what we get from it. But it says to them in verse 6, but they forget that godliness with contentment, that's really where the gain is. Let me say something to us. A really prosperous man is one who is godly and content with what he has. That's a really prosperous man. Whatever what he has, no matter what level he is financially, he is godly and he has contentment with where he is. That's a prosperous man. Thank you for listening to this message. Please hit the subscribe button to be notified of new episodes. For questions, please send an email to Pastor Mo at thestonechurchberlin.com. God bless you.